Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Nerd Soup. I am Bo Oliver, joined here today with Aaron, the Nerd Soup Monkey, and Teddy, and we are back here to begin to review Falcon and the Winter Soldier, new Disney Plus show from Marvel. Look at that. Already on show number two. Yeah, wasted no time. Got that little week off, you know. Very efficient. Regenerate, you know, refocus, and hit us with Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. I'm keep disappointed that there's no Steppenwolf, no Batman in this, no Superman black suit. <laughs> What you want the Snyder cut now on this? It was it was rough going from Snyder cut to this. I'll tell you, it's <laughs> not usually the case when it comes to DC and Marvel. But I was coming off of my Snyder cut got you wanted to see more of the Batman Superman duo. Well, I think it's no, it's more of a case of Snyder cut was better. You know, only one episode in they won round right. one with uh, Batman v Superman. I uh, know, obviously, I'm not <laughs> here to say the show's a failure. But <laughs> it sounds like you're saying like you were going that way. This first weekend, they they lost the old uh, Marvel versus DC battle. They yeah, let them get one. It wasn't bad. It's, this was the uh, this show is what we would have expected to start off with. You know, action packed to start. This show didn't end up being the most dramatic or brain busting like Wanda was. But this was, uh, what's the word? This was uh, familiar, solid. Familiar is a better word. Yeah, to what we expect from Marvel. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> Nice little I won that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's going to compare WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier because they're the only two shows on Disney Plus from Marvel that we have so far. But, I mean, if WandaVision just starting off the way it did, so different and unique, it's built intrigue right away. This is more of your classical setup episode, what you right. would expect from pretty much any television show. So, kind of reintroduce the characters, see where they're at after Endgame, and kind of set the foundation for the story to come. And I think they succeeded at that. Bucky oh. got screwed. Well, at Falcon least he... gets Falcon gets the uh, the ten million dollar budget opening, and Bucky goes to therapy. I mean, that's a good thing if we learned anything from Wandavision is that these heroes need therapy. That's <laughs> he's not true. the most willing yes, participant, <laughs> but he's on the right track. I thought the Bucky stuff was way more interesting than the Sam Wilson stuff, and it is the first episode. But and that's what it has to be the foundation for your season. You're just kind of putting all the places pieces in their right places. But I thought the Bucky stuff was way more interesting, actually. I mean, the action sequence, uh, the director, Carrie Scoglin, said that she wanted to create an action sequence that felt exhausting. And I didn't really get that from this. It looked cool. Wait, you're saying Flying that, squirrel suit? Wait, Flying you're saying she suit. said she wanted to feel like it was exhausting to watch? Because it, it kind of was to start. An exhausting experience. So you come out of it like ca- having to catch your breath because of what Falcon had to, to go through. I won't say that happened for me. I'd say that was like, a, this was kind of dragging on. Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly where, yeah, that's my point. I didn't get that feeling. I don't think that she accomplished it. It's a fine action sequence, and it looks great. You're seeing the budget here, Mm -hmm. six episodes, and we've complained about the shorter run times for their previous shows, but like I said, I just enjoyed the Bucky stuff. That was way more, uh, way more interesting. It was a lot more captivating. Like, when, when Winter Soldier came in, I was like, oh, no way, we're getting Captain Winter Soldier? Like, Bucky? And then it was just a flashback for his from his Hydra days. But. Right. It's a flashback that really just comes out of nowhere. Nothing yeah. really changes with the way the, the show looks. So you can't really tell until, until you see the arm. And then you realize, okay, this is a look back on his mm-hmm. days as an assassin. And the way that that death, the way that all of these deaths stick with him, it's just haunting. Especially in the place he's in. We see Sam. He has family. He has his nephews and his sister. And he has a support system where Bucky... Like he even mentions that he, had, he all he had was that time in Wakanda to kind of relax and yeah. have some peace. But other than that, it's just been constant chaos for him. And this is the first time that he really has nothing to do. And he's free to do what he wants, but he's still stuck in his own, I guess, depressive state where he really has nobody. And 
especially dealing with all the stuff he had to do while he wasn't with the soldier. It's just put him in this dark place. I like where they're going, though, with Sam, how Sam doesn't want to take up the mantle, but it's it's kind of the same premise that Cap had. Was, well, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers wasn't chosen. Did you clarify Steve Rogers X Cap because you didn't want him confused with the fucking nerd at the end of the nerd at the end of the episode? Bitch, do we? No, but it's the same route they were going with with Steve Rogers, where he didn't want, he didn't choose this. Like they picked him because of his personality and who he was. Sam doesn't want to be Cap. He just he didn't want anyone to be Cap. He just wants to like move on. Probably my favorite scene of the episode is the scene that he shares with Rhodey. And what I appreciated about that scene is it felt like an older brother who understands the situation that Sam is, giving him advice, not really pushing him in any direction, trying to get into his mindset. And like you said, Sam, like Captain America, natural leader, put in these positions, but they don't really go and seek them. The idea that he doesn't want to take up the mantle so he just gives the shield to a museum was kind of silly. I don't know if Cap is dead is he dead it looks like he could still be alive that he could still be out there it's not confirmed that he's dead no you know? no and i guess that was just a rumor the title being rest in peace cap yeah, all of it? that set up to me was new world order i think it was called like seeing the new cap at the end obviously all the memes have been very funny but it, it kind of comes out of nowhere and i guess we'll get more into what the government was thinking in these next few episodes their plans for, so to have this john walker take up the mantle but i kind of wanted to see more of that i wanted to see more interaction between sam and Whoever's in power in this moment, who's backing this new Captain America? Is it is it a new shield or is it just yeah, the like government, what, yeah. just the CIA? <laughs> who is he working for? Because Sam seems to be working for the Air Force. I'm thinking it's going to be the government, is like America is trying to, not trying to, to unite anyone, but just to show that they got things in order. Like they, they want to, I think we're going to see like, like kind of like the boys where social media is going to play a role and they're going to try and put this guy, John Walker, into situations where he wins and it's like look at us like we're capable again we did it again right like a a mark yeah a marketing campaign behind this new guy and it's the cap that they've always wanted exactly they can (laughs) control the first captain america yeah yeah, the first movie they use him as a propaganda piece instead of an actual soldier um but I, i did find what i did find interesting is more of the insight into the world after the blip right right wandavision we had mostly stuck within her own world that she created but now we get a look at the greater outside world that there are some people who agree with Thanos that like the blip and think that was beneficial <laughs> for society. They talked about how wanting to return to uh, no borders and a united world. So you assume that during the blip, the world kind of came together to support each other during these troubling times. Yeah, that group is called the Flag Smashers. So their ideology, just their name alone, you know that they're going to <laughs> smash <laughs> Take down America, yeah. Well, yeah, or there's going to be countries. some commentary here like there was in The Boys Season 2 about our contemporary politics, and I think that makes sense. You even saw Rhodey talking about how everyone was saved by Iron Man, but the world is still not okay. There are still people dealing, and of course it makes sense. There are billions still dealing with the trauma that Thanos inflicted on this world, and they foreshadow the, uh, the need for a symbol. Obviously, we think that Falcon eventually will become that symbol, but yeah, he may need some push. That may be the perfect push, the response to the blip well, and this new threat uh, arising from that. It's Zemo, right? Can we assume that? Well, his um, his connect, what was the name of his connect? Torres is, is attacked by those superpowered goons, those yeah. mass goons. So we think those are the flag. Were they confirmed to be the flag smashers? I mean, that's who he was investigating. Yeah, yeah. it was. Right, yeah, so I would think that 
Zemo seems like a character that, like, he doesn't believe in this ideology, but he'll use it to manipulate people. Right. So well, that seems like right up his alley. And he has, his name is in Bucky's book, so. Okay, yeah, right. That's, people made that, uh, that contrast with Steve's book and Bucky's book. Steve <laughs> is all pop culture shit, and Bucky's <laughs> just taking Hitless. down names, right? <laughs> but, you know, going back to that, the relationship that he has with the, the man in Brooklyn, you know, having killed his son and how he feels this kind of responsibility towards him to, to visit him, to comfort him, because this man just doesn't know what happened. Um, and I thought for a moment he was going to confess. And, and that's, I mean, getting to the truth, getting to the truth of what Bucky's dealing with is, I mean, you can imagine why he wants to keep it buried. Yeah. But seeing these flashbacks do bring sight to why he is how he is and what the hell he went through and why it's so traumatizing to him. He's a great actor too, Sebastian yeah, yeah. Stan. He's he's done a really good job of betraying this lost man. Yeah, well, like that little flash, like the, the flashback to him doing his amends was a funny scene. Yeah, I thought was. so too. It's interesting. That was yeah, that was very well done. <laughs> and it seems like he's trying to run away from his past and who he is as a person because he doesn't mention that he is who he is to the woman he dates. You know, Teddy probably would have been. Yeah, I'm the Winter Soldier. See my arm, vibranium. <laughs> Plopping that. Got him from T'Challa. You know the Black Panther? Yeah, he gave me this arm. <laughs> oh, Cap? Best friend. Here, come look at my... I have a little place in the museum over here. I wonder Why don't we how go much, there for my first date? I wonder how much that therapist knows. She you seems. Know, she to said be, she was a soldier. Yeah, she seems to be employed by the government to kind of... Kind of like a pseudo-parole officer. Yeah. To make sure that he's in line and is doing everything okay as part of his uh, bar, a pardon. We're going to get like a Tony Soprano with his therapist. More scenes like that. Well, they had some scenes in the trailer where both of them were in therapy. Yeah. So that should be funny. I, I, do you have any uh, guesses on why they're not together? Because they weren't together the whole episode. And I thought that was pretty odd. I think it's going to be something where I think we do get Zemo and Falcon's mission to get him and he needs help. Yeah, their paths are going to cross. Where yeah. Bucky's going to be on Zemo's trail and then Falcon and his, his people in the Air Force are going to realize that Zemo's behind the Flag Smashers. It's going to be one of those. I mean, a lot of people brought this up. They don't really have a prior relationship. I mean, most of their screen yeah. time comes from Civil War and the brief time together that they had in Infinity War. But other than that, it's just Cap is the is the connection there. I wonder, yeah, he's um, the. I wonder if Bucky's the Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, he, he's exactly. the Seinfeld, and there you got George and Elaine. Yeah, all three could work out. together, but when they hang out together, it's awkward. They don't make plans together. I wonder if Bucky got salty that he didn't get the shield. No way. You don't think so? Because I, I don't know. I think that I think Bucky and Cap's relationship was a little stronger than Sam's and Cap's. Yeah, I think I Bucky think knows. Bucky wanted that. Yeah, he knows he's not Captain America. Like, right. And Bucky's problems He's a right terrorist now. for yeah. like 50 years. <laughs> it wasn't his fault, though. It's interesting because Bucky's got all these problems internally, and Falcon has to deal with uh, the responsibility of being a symbol. Um, so I, it's just not something that I can see Bucky wanting or the, the world wanting. Yeah. You know? Bucky is... He's a hero that's, if he does eventually... Behind doors. Right, yeah. If he gets to work full-time, then he's going to be a, a stealth guy. He's not yeah. going to be up front. Bucky in accounting. <laughs> hey, man. Keeps breaking typewriters with his arm. Just get a nice desk job at uh, Inventor's <laughs> headquarters. Mr. Incredible in the cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Mr. Incredible in the cubicle, denying insurance. What about in this episode? Oh, are you kidding me? How you Falcon not? Falcon doesn't get the loan. Messed up, man. I thought he had that secured. Yeah, and everyone was making jokes about Tony Stark and S.H.I.E.L.D. not paying the Avengers. <laughs> That's true, too. That was very funny. Um, you feel bad for them, though. For, it, I mean, the Falcon's struggling. I mean, he's he's struggling to make ends meet, and he's this big hero. Well, yeah, the commentary there, too, of 
America not taking care of its veterans, yeah, especially man. its veterans of color. When he says, "Listen, you're a hero, but I can't do you this favor," it's. <laughs> I think they. I think they came out and said that they were going to tackle being a black man in America. Yeah, I mean, naturally they would, right? You yeah. can't shy away from that, especially. I mean, what was it? A few days ago, we got news about a black Superman, and people were up in arms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is realistic. That people, that an African American man taking up this mantle, that he would have different challenges from a. Uh, Whoever this guy is, John Walker. What like, if he's just like the nicest guy? He's just I the don't perfect for the role. I hated his face. My, I wanted to punch his face. When yeah, I saw me it. too. Yeah, that actor just already knows people online are going to message him. Be like, I <laughs> he's hate done, you. dude. People shouldn't do that. It's very fucked up. But yeah, I mean, Falcon. Like we said, he goes back home to uh, Louisiana. He goes to his sister, and she wants to sell the boat. She wants to give up on on her family's business, on their fishing business, and he doesn't want to. He's kind of adamant that they'll go to every bank and get this loan and. It's kind of reality setting in, this reality for now, that he is a civilian, that the the superhero name, the superhero fame only goes so far. Right. And I think maybe just for him, maybe it's not like that for other heroes, but in Falcon's situation, yeah. And Peter Parker too. He's always poor. Right. <laughs> always I was thinking, like, how do they just get jobs? This man really is always poor. He's always living in like a shitty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um it's like yeah, Bucky, like how does he apply to work at like anything? He can't. He's just a soldier. And I think that's obviously going to come up later on in the season. And also with like the miniseries type platform for these characters, you can dive into a lot of things that they would never dive into in a movie or a team-up movie. Like Falcon's struggles in his everyday civilian life. Like Bucky's struggles in his everyday civilian life. So getting a deeper character... Getting deeper characterization with these two, I think, is going to be a big help for them, especially moving forward. It in the sets universe. up in the movies and makes the movies in the future mean a lot more when you get this deep characterizations. See, even the cliffhanger for this episode left me kind of frustrated because I wanted to see that reaction. I wanted to get inside Sam's head. What is he thinking? What does he know? What doesn't he know? Who does he go and, and talk to after this? And we all knew that was coming, that they were setting up this new fake Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it kind of just happens. His sister walks in the room and says, you got to see this. Turn on the TV. And then this, for the for the series, this world-changing event just happens on television. There's, so, a, new, there's a new cap. You got to beat the shit out of him live on TV. But that's the, yeah, like that's the thing. Kind of like Killmonger. Is, like, this this is your new cap? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is this new cap, was he experimented on in the comics? Or is he just a figure? Well, I know he's, he's based on a character, U.S. agent. I don't know. I don't yeah. know any of the powers. I don't know any of the stories that they could be referencing here. And I'm excited to get into those politics. Yeah. And I hope they don't shy away from them. It is, it is interesting, too, because uh, before this, I guess you could say Rhodey for the most part, but he's also very with the Avengers. This would be like the first time the government has their own kind of sleeper cell or their own agenda within one of the, I guess, superheroes or their, their attempt to get into that world. Yeah, all the big dogs are gone, right? Tony Stark's not there, so his influence is gone. Captain America's influence is gone. It does really just leave the government to make these decisions on who's a superhero and and who's not, especially with the Sokovia Accords. Um, So getting into all that is interesting. And, you know, like I said, Rhodey talks about Sam taking up the mantle. Maybe this is where Sam becomes that that influential figure in this Marvel Cinematic Universe that calls the shots, that dictates how things are run. This is setting up how the, you know, the future Avengers movies, possibly. You know, how, how these things are going to work in this world. Um, it's just fuck. It is, it is, for him to sit there and watch that, 
It's a gut punch, man. It's disrespectful. Oh, you, he That's did. the thing we should talk about, how disrespectful it is to do this to uh, to Sam Wilson. Yeah, and Cap, too. A world-famous hero. Yeah, and Cap, when it like, was Cap's It's his mantle to pass, right? and he passed it to Sam. You did feel that with Anthony Mack's performance right there, how, how like shitty he felt. Yeah. Knowing that you gave up that that shield and for someone else to just take it. Well, you, you guys think- have obviously seen all the Anthony Mackie memes, right, on the internet? Yeah. yeah. He is a very charismatic actor, man. And he, he captures a lot of what Chris Evans captured with the Captain America character, the, the Boy Scout vibes, but still cool. Yeah. Still very uh, confident in who he is. So they make no money off of merchandise? <laughs> it's like the NCAA, man. They're not allowed to sign any jerseys of theirs. Damn. Just has the jersey number, no names. <laughs> I'll tell you what, seeing, seeing uh, Chris Evans again, like, uh, like all on posters again, and not but not seeing him in the, in the movie or in the show really hurt. I do miss him. Yeah, he was, you really realize that you without him. take it for granted how good some of these actors <laughs> were as these characters and how iconic they became. It is interesting. It's I feel ca- like I'm in that world, and that he really is gone. Right. The um the characters not making any money from being superheroes. It's like the writers who created all these characters for years and watched the studios and other companies made billions. Stan Lee. I mean, he's got to be. Everyone calls him the comic book Disney, right? Mm-hmm. Disney made everything he could off of his creations. Stan Lee was just working for somebody else, you know? So uh, there, there's your meta commentary. These guys that made up these characters, like, they don't really have rights to their to their characters? If you're working for a company, the character, uh, the ca- company owns the character. Stan Lee at the time, I'm pretty sure he didn't realize how popular these all these characters were going to be, you know? Yeah, George St. Pierre, right? That's his name? The yeah. fighter? He returns as uh, Batroc. Didn't really do much, but he was kicking. Yeah, they just like, around in that plane. Yeah, they just really set the story up. They didn't really delve too deep into that. That's funny. I mean, that's how Captain America Winter Soldier started with that character, and this is kind of how this starts. So, right, nice little parallel there. Yeah, nice little uh, propaganda piece for the U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see more Winter Soldier. He is badass, dude. That mask. Oh, He's you want to see more of the flashbacks? Yeah, I want to see more of him being a bunch of soldiers. Well, I think that scene was so well done because it feels like he knows what he's doing in that moment, and he doesn't want to. And I you're wondering he if he's going to spare him, and he doesn't. No. <laughs> and they brought back that score from the Captain America movie, too, yep. which I appreciated. And yeah, like you said, it wasn't like the most thrilling episode, most intriguing, but I still think it's a solid foundation. And it kind of, there's a lot of room for to build upon these characters from where you set such from where you set them up with this episode. I think out of the three shows that we've seen from Disney+, Plus, three live action, this is the weakest first episode between Mando, WandaVision, and this. Just a little bland for me. Yeah. I mean, if it gets better from here, it's eights, nines, ten out of tens for the next five episodes, and can't really complain about a, an average start. Right. Yeah, I agree. With an average start, and like you said, there's definitely room to grow. I think the show could potentially be another another solid piece. Yeah, another solid piece of the Marvel puzzle. Yep. <laughs> Good. They need it. Right. Yeah. Because they've had, uh, I mean, Snyder's on their ass. <laughs> on your Start left. The Snyderverse. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah, coming. He's creeping, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, like we all said, it's a foundation. And we're going to have to wait and see. Only six episodes. So, it is going to be like a five to six hour movie. And I think, yeah, we're all excited. Teddy's getting ready to watch six hours of Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> First Teddy watching four hours at a Snyder Cut. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. Uh, I'll tell you what, what WandaVision did that's like pissing me off is that they're going to do all like weekly releases because of how much Discord WandaVision got. There's zero chance we get a full drop. 
Oh, anyway, well, there already is a zero. Never they didn't, It'll never drop happen. It. Yeah, they're never. What do you think they're going to just change course mid-season? Just no, no, no. I mean, even for the next for upcoming shows. Oh yeah, forever. Like, it'll, it'll never be a full drop. Well, same thing with WandaVision. Shit with, from this was trending all weekends. <laughs> Fucking kick that guy in the throat. Good for Disney. All right, we'll be back next week to talk about Captain Falcon. <laughs> well, would you look at that? It's finally over. Hey guys, Bo Oliver here for one final send-off. Now, before I beg you guys to like and share this video, I'd like to thank our very special Patreon pledgers. We are very proud of the community we've been able to build here at NerdTube, and it would not have been possible without our Patreon supporters. You guys are the true MVPs of this channel. Everything I've said, you keep the fridge full, you keep the lights on. There aren't enough words to thank you guys, but we'll do it anyway. Thank you. And we have a few videos coming up that have been suggested to us by Patreon pledgers. My Hero Academia, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Full Metal Alchemist will be reviewed by Marissa, and yours truly, and Castlevania, which will be reviewed by Marissa and Aaron. And if you'd like to consider donating to our Patreon page, you can visit patreon.com slash nerdsoup and check out some of the rewards we offer to our listeners. And really, we'd like to thank everyone who takes the time out of their day to watch our videos. Patreon pledger or not, your support is what keeps us motivated to keep giving the world our opinions on movies and TV shows and video games and pop culture, even though no one asked for it. We're still here, we're still yapping, and we hope you continue to join us. I'm Bo Oliver and I support this message.